I did this kind of sales that was like, you come to work, you have a five minute meeting in the morning, everyone's yelling and amped up. And then they had us make 120 calls a day. And I was one of the top salespeople. So I would call different regions and do, at, like basically a call center. Yes. And I would call different regions and I realized. What? They ain't never been in a call center. They ain't really, <laughs> they ain't never really. Every now and then I got to stop the, the TSP show. Real recognized, real in here. What's up, family? Welcome to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profits Show. I'm your host, Lamar Tyler. And if you are a black entrepreneur looking for ways to grow and scale your business or to build massive amounts to wealth, you are locked into the right show. And today I'm excited because I got a good friend and TSP Mastermind family, collaborative, collaborative family, Ashley Kirkwood from Speak Your Way to Cash. She is the expert when it comes to how can you take that knowledge that you have, right? The gift that you have. For getting on stages, we're getting paid. Should people get paid to speak? Yes. I mean, because people, you know, because <laughs> at the church, right? At the church, they're telling people to use your gift. Yeah. Let the Lord use you. That's where I started in the church. Right. Oh, we got to get into this, right? <laughs> um, but what you also talk about is that there are a lot of corporate dollars in speaking. These companies. Will a company pay somebody like me to come speak? Oh, for sure. I didn't mean to ask you about this. For sure. Because I'm like, I'm always speaking on, you know, these friends and family stages. I need to get some of these corporate dollars. All right. So welcome. Excited to have you here on the show today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, um, for you, right? Like, how do you, because I know you got to speak your way to cash, right? So over that, you're, you know, founder, creator, coach, consultant, all these things. But do you consider yourself, we never talked about this. Do you consider yourself, do you go to people and say, hey, I'm Ashley Kirkwood, speaker? I don't. I don't. I never do. Um, and it's interesting because even when now that we're focused on coaching other speakers, I still get corporate contracts because of what I do in the coaching world. Mm. So I just consider myself someone who helps people with sales and mindset. So executive sales and mindset strategist, because when we're helping speakers, we're really helping them to sell. Most speakers think that when they come to us, oh, teach me how to speak. But right. really, they know how to speak. What they don't know how to do is get paid for it. So we teach the monetization of your message. Ooh, that's good. Okay, you got my mind racing to a million different <laughs> things. It'd be hard for me to stay focused on these interviews. So you got my mind racing because I just thought about it. I speak on a lot of stages myself, but I don't really reference myself as like, hey, I'm a speaker, you know, and I do this, this and that. Um, so that's interesting. This made me kind of think of that question. Now, let's go back to what you said a second ago. With these speakers, when they come to you, you said they're often thinking like, okay, teach me like the framework to speak how to remove the ums and things like that. Is that what they're thinking? And then you're saying like, nah, that's not what this is. We're gonna show you how to get to the money. Yes, because honestly, no one is trying to hire a speaker. So the way that it works now, the reason why companies would pay you is because you have success. I used to think, oh, I wanna be a motivational speaker. This will be so great so I could tell my story. And then I realized <laughs> no one knew who I was. So because I wasn't famous, no one cared about my story. And um, what I then figured out was people want to pay experts. So I'd never introduced myself as a speaker. I would say, hey, I'm a sales strategist or hey, I'm a confidence strategist. Whatever I was gonna sell them on speaking on, like whatever that topic was, that's how I'd introduce myself because they wanted me to, to come in and help their people get a result, whether it was colleges or corporations. Now, do you have a problem with your clients coming in and feeling like they're not experts? I tell them don't come in if you don't think you're an expert. Ooh. 
So I only work with experts because there's a lot of people online right now that are big on, hey, anyone can do it. Hey, everyone can do it. Hey, it doesn't really matter. But if you want corporate money, um, you really do want to know your stuff. You don't have to know exactly how to package it, but you need to, by way of experience or education, know your stuff. Like you need to know something, some skill set that someone else can get value out of. And it could be hard or soft. So it could be a hard skill. Like I know how to code. I know how to do math. I know how to um, come up with a landing page and build funnels. Or it could be a soft skill. I'm very nice. I'm empathetic. I'm a leader. It doesn't have to be a hard skill, but there has to be something in your life that you've identified that you do great, that you can help someone else to do. I love that because that's the opposite of what we hear so much nowadays. Yeah. It's like, oh, you ain't never done that before. Don't worry about it. I'm sure you how to be a millionaire, right? I'm, I'm gonna actually give you. I'm gonna right. give you this ebook, and then the ebook is gonna give you everything you need to know for you to go out and sell it and be a millionaire. But you saying like, nah, for what we do, this is like a real program where we need. Like I said, we can help you package it. Yeah. You know, put a price around it, structure and everything like that. But we want you to come with that expertise. And the other thing I noticed a lot of times, people have expertise and brilliance don't even realize it. That's true. They've been doing the thing at work for thirty years have been the go-to, have have managed these millions and millions of dollars of corporate and government projects, but then they'll be looking like, what should I talk about? Or they've been doing something for 30 years, but they want to talk about something totally different oh, yeah. that they don't know how to do, but that they themselves struggle with. So the biggest issue I see is people come in 30 years of experience in corporate, but corporate hurt them. So now they want to speak about confidence, but they're not confident. So it's like there's a mismatch on the sales call because the person is like, I don't buy confidence from you, but I would buy project management. I would buy these other things. So I do think there needs to be alignment between what you sell and who you are. That's good. You know, I see that a lot of time with businesses, too, where people come in and they have this amazing background where it'd be so easy to package up and mm -hmm. sell that as the business. But like you said, it's corporate hurt. It's like I just want to get away from the job. So I'm going to create a new business around this thing where I have no background, no story, no like concrete expertise. And a lot of times no monetization strategy. Yeah. But I'm just going to hope it and, you know, faith that like something going to come with it. Yeah. And we like, but this thing over here, you already been making money. You already have all the things with the connections, the insight. Oh, this, this is so good. <laughs> all right. So before we go further, tell me how in the world did we get here with you, right? Creating Speak Your Way to Cash. That's that's a funny story. So the name came from my husband. I don't know when it happened, but I think we were in the car and we were getting paid to speak on college stages. We didn't have corporate clients yet. We mainly had college clients. So I was a lawyer by trade, but before law, I did inside sales. So I've done over 20,000 sales calls and I did the kind of sales that was like, you come to work, you have a five minute meeting in the morning and everyone's yelling and amped up. And then they had us make 120 calls a day. And I was one of the top salespeople. So I would call different regions and do, at, like basically a call center. Yes. And I would call different regions on, and I Ashley. realized. What? They ain't never been in a call center. They ain't really, <laughs> they ain't never really. Every now and then I got to stop the, the TSP show. Real recognized, real in here. It's serious. If they ain't never been in a call center. Yes. Can I tell you my, my <laughs> first job, like I consider like a real job job. I was selling, you know, I'm old. You know, don't let, don't let this old baby boy look fool you think. Oh my I'm, goodness. I'm old, I'm old man, like Benjamin Button out here. So my 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 first my first job, I'm doing sales for it was Southwest Airlines slash somebody else. It was like two companies, but basically the back end was the same company. But we were selling, uh, I was selling dial up internet packages. 
for them. Mm. And we would come every day, like you said, right? Uh, we would come every day. Did they pump you up first? They did not. Like, they oh, let us down. They should have done that. They let us down. But literally, like, we would come every, like, we probably would have got more. <laughs> but I was very trained. I need to get my commissions so I can make some money. So I wasn't <laughs> right. tripping. But literally, we would come every day, and we would sit down, put that headset on, and for eight hours, we were there making it happen. Smile and dial. And you know what? You took me back. Before that, when I was in college, um, all my other friends would be playing, but uh, it, it's a long story, but I had to pay for myself. Long story. I'll tell you later. <laughs> tell you and Chris later. But I had to pay for myself, but one of the jobs I had then, I was in a call center selling the uh, Baltimore Sun. Mm. Cold calling people. Cold and calling man, is the best, though. Yeah. If you can cold call, you can do any other type of sales. Them people hang up on you like it's nobody's business. 90 times a day. I just kept getting rejected and rejected. And people are like, how are you so fearless? How are you so this? I was like, I've been rejected so much that like it doesn't phase me. Because I just got told no almost 100 times every day to get right. five yeses. And that made me in the top. And some of them know it's going to be somebody cussing you out. Yeah, they'd be mad. They'd be yeah. really mad. But then when I would do the different accents, like when I called Georgia, I would act Southern. When I called New York, really? I would act, yeah, I would talk slower. When I called the South, I talked faster. When I called the North. And then I figured out that if I could get one person, like, because I was selling to small businesses. So if one cleaning company would say yes, then instead of using the list they gave me at work, I went off script and I just called every other cleaning company in that region and said, hey, Tim over at so-and-so just said yes to this. He thinks it may be a good idea for you. And then I would just close so many more deals. And that's like the Jones method of selling. We still use that today. Mm. But just doing it, it was great. It was one of my favorite jobs, too. Can I give you a special ask? Yeah. Nobody's probably asking for <laughs> Can I hit a New York accent? <laughs> what would you, me, when you call the people in New York, let me, let me hear what, what, would it, what would it sound like? It's going to be bad. I don't even. <laughs> this is so fun. <laughs> this is years ago. You oh, know, my gosh. I don't even. Some of these packages now. You're like, I don't remember that one. <laughs> I, do not, I do not remember <laughs> Be like, yo, what's up? It's Ashley. They be like, what up? They be like, what up, Ash? That's how they be like. Like Boston, like a Boston accent. I don't know, it was wild. What up, Ash? Yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) But we had so much fun. And I think that's where the mindset of like, you can be going through a hard time. Because I wasn't making a lot of money. But you could be going through a hard time. But if I, I had one friend at work... I had my stuff. I love the people I worked for. They were so good and they Mm -hmm. just were mentors to me. So whenever I had a job, I always talked to like the top salespeople and the owners. So that was always my goal. And I'd be like, what do I need to do to be like you? And they'd be like, well, you should do A, B, C, and D. And then I would just do that. And then I would tell them and they just were like, hey, we'll support you through law school. They let me, I, I took two trains and a bus to get to that job, worked that job all day, took two trains and a bus back. And then I had to start studying for the bar or the LSAT to get into law school. And they were okay with letting me leave work an hour early. So I would start 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., then do this whole travel schedule for a couple hours, then do LSAT study at night. And they supported it and they didn't have to. So I was just grateful. Um, and, and Chris and I, even like maybe five or six years ago, went to the holiday party for that company and were wow. just like, hey, you guys have been so influential to us. I feel like it's a lost art letting people know in your life how much they've impacted you. Mm. That's good. So that's good. Also, what you just said that struck me, I think a lot of times nowadays, because of social media and because Mm -hmm. of uh, uh, Instagram in particular, right, and how we frame things and entrepreneurship is so sexy, um, I think we don't talk oftentimes enough about the things that you can learn working under somebody else. Oh, yeah. Working as a part of different organizations. Because so many times, so many things about what I do, so many things about the way that I sell, right, that I didn't necessarily just learn from a mastermind or a coach mm-hmm. or consultant. 
but I learned inside, like you said, like like the places I worked at. Yep. Um, so many things that I've overcome, like being afraid to talk to people on the phone because I had jobs that was like way worse than talking to one person that already has bought another product, right? Like mm-hmm. you, I've been calling people at eight o'clock during dinner time trying to see if they want to get a subscription to the daggone Baltimore Sun, which mm-hmm. they did not. Let me tell you that. I found out <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> they did not, right? Um, you know, when I think about leadership, so much of what I learned about leadership was like from sitting in the meetings and watching uh, C-level executives, mm-hmm. watching our, you know, general manager at the TV station I worked at, watching how they ran meetings. And I still see traces of that in how I run my meetings today, right? Yep. But it's only because I, I had the wherewithal to sit under somebody and be patient and learn those different things that was part of my story and my journey. I mean, it's, it's like, a, it's a gift, but my dad's an entrepreneur and he would always say, let them people pay you to learn. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I would complain about work, he's like, Ashley, let them people pay you to learn. What do you want to do? Go learn. Go talk to people in different departments. Take on other projects. Be great. Like you're not great yet. You're young. Like I was, I started working at 14, um, which is I think, or 13, before you were the age you're supposed to work. And That's I ran a cleaner. That's why, yeah. You know, I ran her first business. <laughs> right. Yep, it I was a million 13. dollar business. She started seven years old. So <laughs> <laughs> don't be coming at her. She was, she was older than that. Okay, she was and older than that. People got to go back and listen to the Monray episode. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, shout out to marketing by Monray. <laughs> yeah, so like I was, I was very young, and I wanted a job. I don't know why I wanted a job. I just wanted to work. I didn't want to be bored, and I didn't want to go to summer camp. So I was like, I'm gonna get a job, and I ran a cleaners, and I was 13 years old running this cleaners, and the this owners, like a sweatshop. the owners Literally. just left. I was there by myself running this cleaners. It did shut down two months later. <laughs> I don't know if that was me. Because they thought like, okay, it's a good job to have a 14 year old independently running our business. That with. was it. Like that was it. But my dad always, and my mom too, like let them people pay you to learn. He never let me complain because his life was way harder than the life he gave us. So, you know, you learn so much and you also get to see what I used to watch. I'd always ask them, who's the best here and who's like underperforming? Mm -hmm. And I would watch the different ways they came to work. And the people who were underperforming, they were always negative. They always complained. They always try to get consensus in their little negative corner. Like, Ashley, don't you hate the coffee today? I don't even drink coffee. You know what I mean? But like, they were always just (laughs) negative. They probably don't even drink it either. Yeah, like, what are you, and and it was free. It was like, isn't this free? You know, they were just negative. So. I would watch that. How do the top performers at? What time do they get to the office? How do they operate? How do they talk to people? Who do they hang out with? Do they hang out at all? When they go out, how many drinks do they have? Like, I was just really big on, let me study greatness. Like, even now, I like studying success science. Um, But, like, working a job is amazing. I learned so much working a job, and I would never trade it. So that job, and then when I was a lawyer, I worked in amazing firms that were doing really well, and it taught me a lot about money mindset. Because they were spending money like, I mean, it was crazy over there. Mm, <laughs> tell me about it. It was just so, like, I, the first time, they gave me this credit card when I started as an associate. I had never, it was my first lawyer job. I didn't know much. So I start, they pay me $200,000, and they give me this credit card. And I'm like, okay, well, how much can I spend? And they were like, no, no, there's no limits on that. I was like, what? Mm. And they were like, there's this number you can call if you need car service, black car service, anytime. It was just, it was just like, I would ask them, hey, you know, we're gonna go out to dinner. What's our budget? They were like, Ashley, come on. There's no budgets here. They still looking for people? Probably. You see what a new credit card and a black car service. You're like, dude. I mean, I loved it. And Chris will tell you, I didn't necessarily love the work I was doing, but I love being in an environment of abundance. Mm. And it taught me that there are no caps 
And the only reason I became an entrepreneur instead of still being there today was one of my, I always had mentors. I'm like, who's doing great here? Same thing. And it was, I was only black woman in litigation in Chicago, but I would go to all their offices and I'd like, all right, cool. I want to be great. I want to do trial work. And one of them told me, he's like, you're the first junior associate who's ever come in my office and like place demands on me. <laughs> Cause I was like, look, I want to learn from you, but I want to be on your next trial. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I'm a really good orator, but I want to be a great trial lawyer. And he said, okay, you can go on all my trials. And when someone tried to take me off a trial, I went above that person and went back to him and was like, we talked about this when I started. Is there a reason I'm not on this trial that I do something wrong? I'm willing to get better. And he was like, no, I'll make a call. You're back on the trial. Like, I just never let people ruin my experience because I knew I was there to let them pay me to learn. So I had to work with the best. I had to work late hours. I had to do what it took. And them, me seeing how much money they, like it was people working there making 30 million a year, like working there. So whenever people down business, um, like I call them corporate heroes in our community, people who have nine to five jobs or whatever, nine to nine. I'm always like, y'all are crazy because you can make millions being an employee. Most employees make more than entrepreneurs. Yeah, because after anyway, all them talk about expenses. It. If like, we talk about it. Seriously, I, my salary was higher there and I didn't have to pay nobody. It wasn't no cutting it up. You know yeah. what I mean? Our, our, our salary, for it took a long time before our entrepreneur salary match the money that me and Ronnie brought home. Cause we both had like two very good jobs. Mm -hmm. It took a long time. And and from the outside looking in, I mean, the company was very successful to people. Yeah. Um, and it was successful to a degree. When it comes with the, the paychecks, the W2 paychecks coming on the end of the day, it took a long time before we kind of even matched. Yeah. Better yet, like went past what we were doing there. But I, I want to go back to something. Cause what you talked about, I like two things you said talking about being in that space of abundance yes, and seeing that, right? Cause I see that as a way, if you can shift your mindset like that, it changes everything. And it, and it, it, it lifts a new level of requirement about what you require for your own life and lifestyle. Oh yeah. Once you expose the different things. And then the, the other part of what you talked about that I liked, um, when we was talking about the employment and working in places, I say it all the time, a players are a players. Yeah. A lot of times people think, that, hey, you know what, I'm working somewhere and I'm a C or a D player, but it's only because I'm working this place. Mm -hmm, but I'm gonna, like then, then I'm gonna launch my own thing, right? And I'm, I'm gonna be an A when I launch my own thing. But what I've seen yeah. repeatedly, right? Success leaves clues. And with the people that are the most successful entrepreneurs that I work with and that are rock stars, they were rock stars way before they got an LLC. Yeah. They were rock stars at the last company they worked with. They were rock stars at this other thing they did. They were rock stars when they, you know, gave their time to the community for not like rock stars are rock stars in and out, no matter every single thing they do, because it's a mindset and a mentality. Yeah. And it's your reputation. Like there's something about like, I know for me, I love my parents. I'm really big on family. I don't want to mess up their name. You know, like my dad worked hard mm -hmm. to build his name. My mom worked hard to build her name. I don't want to mess up the family name. My dad was actually mad that I got married and changed my last name. He was like, you're going to give up the last name so easily. <laughs> and then my husband, I think, asked my dad, would you be okay with your wife, like, having her maiden name? <laughs> <laughs> Did we say that? Right? He was like, okay, okay, I get it. But still, it's still their name, you know? Like, yeah. it, there's something about honor and respect and loyalty and not messing up your, your family's name. That means something, at least to me still. Um, and Can you talk to my kids? Yeah, oh. I feel like they about to throw it all away. Like <laughs> every, brick by brick, what I built for these talents, I feel like my kids about to just throw, throw it all out the window. It's just about to be. 
up in smoke war. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like that's that's important though. You know, work ethic and like that stuff is just important. Um and even with my clients, because they they do see me and Chris, like I had a girl who um she does not work for us anymore, but she was in the interview phase and she was like, Yeah, I want to work with you because you and Chris travel and you all just live a great life and I want me and my man to live that life. And I was like, travel? She thinks we're travel bloggers. Like, <laughs> like we do not live, like we wake up and we work um, and then all we the take time for family. All the Instagrams in the airport. Don't track the wrong <laughs> On work trips to go Chris, to like you, you might need dollars back in. Dollars. <laughs> some of them Instagram. I'm going to do Instagrams with being a body, like at a computer with Mo Ray on Zoom. It's going to be like, I don't think I want that Right, life. exactly. Um, but they don't they don't realize it. And, and with speaking and selling, it is the the work that you see is 10 percent of what you do. And it's the same with trial work. So mm. we will prepare 90 percent of the time for a two day trial. But all year we prepared for two days in front of people. And that is the same thing in this business. Like I'll speak. But like the vast majority of my time is spent selling, marketing, coaching, consulting, making sure the contract gets paid and signed and doing W-9 forms. So you don't do the glamorous thing all the time. So, okay, let's let's talk about this for a little bit, right? So you talked about, okay, they don't do the glamorous thing all the time. But I'm sure when they come into your programs, a lot of times they're thinking, okay, like I said, 80-20, I'm going to be spending 80% of the time speaking and out on these stages. But if the business is not right, that's not going to happen. Is that something that you see a lot of times with, with yeah. new clients when they come in? Yeah, or they, you know, like the, the issue is they, like, first off, you can speak and get paid in two ways. So you can get your money from the audience or from the organizer. So there may be times I go to speak to sell. Like, I'm not trying to get paid from the organizer. I can make more just talking about my business. That's fine. And those events are typically more fun, actually. Mm -hmm. But the more glamorous the event, the less likely you are to get a large check from the organizer. So if you want to speak at, like, Essence or South by Southwest, that could be great for marketing purposes. But they're not, if you're not a celebrity, typically writing really large checks for you to speak. Now, if you go to this, like, random association in Omaha, they'll give you 20 grand to get on stage. Because people aren't vying to go there. Right. Um, and they're really just looking for experts to help you. You're not even going to put that on your Instagram. Out. You're like, look, yeah, I'm just like, in and out. I did what I had to do. I was here. <laughs> it was cool, you know? And, like, every now and then you get the perfect mix of both. Yeah. But as long as you understand what you're going to speak about, you know your end goal. It doesn't matter whether you get paid on the front end or the back end. You can make both really profitable. Um, and sometimes back end is more profitable than front end. But you you need to know that from the outset. Because yeah. I'll see people saying, oh, I'm going to just do this little thing for exposure at this little business brunch, but they have no offer, no lead magnet, no nothing to sell them into on the back end. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. So my rule is if I'm not going to get paid to go speak, I need to know that within 30 days I can make double my speaking fee or triple my speaking fee from the audience. But that's good because it's been a lot of times where I've spoken for free, right? Which goes against a lot of times, like I said, a lot of people online, you know your worth. You know, you should never, I see people online, you should never speak for free. All the years and time you've put into it. But I've spoken for free on plenty of stages for that exact reason yep. you just said, right? And I've had like big organizations that, you know, a lot of people be surprised. Hey, you know, they don't write a check when you oh, speak, yeah. right? No, or, they might, or they might write some checks, but they ain't write me one. Yeah. But I knew that if I got in front of the audience, I can make all my money. Yep. And the money I will make will be more than if they wrote a check. Like what yep. we negotiated is one number. But I know that if I get in front of their people, their people are going to show up at TSP Live or TSP Game Plan. Some of their people are going to join TSP Mastermind. Yep. And, you know, a few of those people greatly outweigh whatever they check they would have wrote for me. And you're restricted. So if I pay someone to speak, I can then say, hey, you cannot say this. You cannot say that. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. When I go and speak gratuitously, typically it's a lot more flexible. Like I could have a lead magnet. I can 
you know, be a little bit more fun on stage. I'm not like restricted on what I say. Yeah. They don't approve all of my slides all the time. Like you just have more freedom. So it can be a strategic reason, but it has to be strategic. But the other thing is, Lamar, I tell people you have to afford free. I couldn't afford free in the beginning. So like when I left that $300,000 law firm job, mm -hmm. Chris was looking at me like, what are you doing on the internet talking to these free people about an ebook? Like this don't make sense. Like I did not sacrifice for you to be selling this ebook to 10 people. Mm. So I couldn't afford to go to all the business brunches and all that because my time had to be spent getting good at sales, getting yep. good at marketing, learning who my audience was so that my messaging would match what I'm selling. Um, because I see people who are like, oh, I want to work with six and seven figure entrepreneurs, but their messaging is for like five to no figure entrepreneurs. Yeah. So that was me in the beginning. Like I had a $30 a month coaching program. $30 a month. And you're going to teach me to speak my way to cash. <laughs> $30, $30 a month. month. You're like, going to teach me nonsense. It was $30 a month. And I'll tell you, one of those clients who was in that $30 a month program just joined our $30,000 mastermind. And mm -hmm. she has been to every event since. So as I grew, she grew with me. But the reason I asked her, like, how do you feel about this? Like, because you was in that $30 <laughs> a month. Like, how do you feel? And she was like, every time I see you, you grow. And I was comfortable growing with you. And she was like, her results grew with my prices. I love it. So she was able to land a five-figure contract and all that with just the investments she made. So she was comfortable doing it. And to your point about people knowing your worth, a lot of people are like, just raise your rate and they don't raise their standard. Exactly. So that is not good. <laughs> That's not good. Because at the time, we tell everybody they need to charge more, but it has to be value along with what the actual fee is. Yeah. I love it. Ooh, this is, this is so good. All right. So what are, what are some other um, mistakes you see people make uh, when they say, hey, you know what? I want to get paid to speak. I want to do something. Things all the other like big, big things you consistently see. Yes. A big one that I see is they come in and they say, hey, I'm a leadership speaker. But if you say that to a college, they're going to Google all the other leadership speakers and say, OK, well, you're a leadership speaker, whatever. All right. Well, you want 20K. They only want five. I'm going to pay them five. Mm. Whereas I recommend you go in with the framework. So I do speak on confidence and sales. But when I speak on confidence, I'm talking about the currency of confidence, which is our trademarked signature speech. It talks about mindset, beliefs and actions. And I sell that. I don't sell me. So I'm like, hey, I have a program that can teach your students A, B, C and D. Are you interested in that? Would your students find value in that? And then when they say yes, and I'm like, okay, great. So it sounds like you want the Currency of Confidence program in all your schools. It'll be this rate. That way, it's not like I'm not just selling confidence. I'm selling the Currency of Confidence, which is a very specific program. Mm -hmm. And if they can't afford my rate, because it's a framework, I can have another speaker for less do that same framework speech. But then they get like maybe 10 or 15% of the contract and I keep the rest because it's still my framework. So let me ask you this, when you're sending other speakers, are these your clients? Sometimes I'll refer business to my clients. And then sometimes like we had a full-time employee of my law firm, which is where we did a lot of our corporate and collegiate speaking as well. And our full-time employee would go and do the speeches that I couldn't do. Mm. And so of course, like she was on salary, but this was just a part of her job. And we were able to negotiate the rates that way. This sounds like a great place to work. Yeah. I get to speak for you. I get to travel with you and Chris. Mm -hmm. I mean, working for you guys sounds amazing. It was fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, she, and you know what? She still does some contract work for us because, as you know, we've closed down our law firm, our own law firm that we had for some time. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so once people come in, right? So they come in. I'm getting past this. I'm an expert. So I bring my expertise. I'm realizing that, hey, you know, I can monetize in, in you know, at least two ways, right, if not more. Um, how much money is there to be made? in this arena 
right? When we talk about speaking for colleges, speaking for corporations, what do some of these checks look like? It it varies greatly. So for some people, if you go into a college, like average may be 7,500 or below. Um, if you go into a corporation, average may be 25,000 or below. Um, but it can also be higher, but that's like for one-time workshop, one-time speeches. Um, our last corporate contract was 12,500 for a 30 minute virtual talk. And then our last collegiate contract was also 12,500 for a 30 minute virtual talk. However, those talks are like pricey opt-ins. So for corporate and college to relate it to internet marketing, that's like my opt-in. Like gotcha. you're gonna do this talk, but then on the back end, I'm gonna talk to you about a five part pro program that we can bring in with office hours and all this other stuff that should lead to a six or multi six figure package. So we we typically will foreshadow that we can do a lot for them and we'll tell them, hey, it may be up to 250,000. And like, oh, well, I don't know if I can afford that. I'm like, great, let's start with this talk. Let's get that done so we can start working together. And then we'll talk more about what else you need after the talk. And I'll give you a tip. Um, during that talk, I typically ask the audience, what else do you wanna see from us? And they'll tell me like, oh, I want to see a workshop. I want to see this. I want to see that. We'll have a little form for them to fill out. And during my recap call with the client, I'm like, hey, your clients want to see A, B, C, and D. Yeah. yeah. So then it's easy to go into a longer term discussion. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. How how hard is it for most people when they come in and land these contracts, right? Because I think a lot of people say, well, you know, I know I can make money speaking at colleges or corporate, but how do I kind of just break into that arena? Yeah, so here's what I always recommend. If you're a business owner and you already are running your business, your business is doing well, then your most lucrative opportunity is probably gonna be selling from the stage. Speaking and using it as a really powerful marketing tool. The best option would be to get paid to market and to make an offer, which can happen particularly with associations, people who have large groups of your audience. Like I always start with, hey, what's your budget? So even if I would have done it for free, or even if it is marketing, I, like what's your budget? Because at that point I can get both. I can get paid to market, which is ideal. Um, so for entrepreneurs, I recommend you stay focused on selling whatever your main package is and you speaking as a marketing tool. For business owners that are like, my business is speaking and training and consulting, mm -hmm. there is a lot of money to be made in that arena. You just wanna make sure that you're not going in with a one-off solution that you're going in with a holistic package and that you're outsourcing some of the work so you don't get burnt out. You know, um, I love what you're talking about. One of the things I've realized over the years, because uh, mostly I just talk uh, or speak, right? I don't even call it speaking, I call it talking. I just be out here talking, talking on stages. <laughs> most of the time when I'm speaking, uh, primarily now it's just for clients and stuff. But um, when I do speak externally, one of the things I realized is that even when people, I love how you say like, hey, I start with what's the budget. Mm -hmm. Because even when people didn't have a budget, if they knew what my price is, I found I got treated differently. Yeah. So even if I, like a lot of times people just say, hey, you know what, um, you know, like I, I won't charge anything, I'll just come do it or whatever like that. But I, but even when they said, hey, like we don't have a budget, and I said, well, this is what my price is, um, like something happened. It was like a transference of energy and respect yeah. when they realized, okay, well, wow, your fee is this much. And... Then when I said I was doing it, even I agreed to do it, do it for no cost or low cost, they respected me a lot more. They treated me a lot better. I mean, I'd be showing up at the airport like somebody pastor. They got mm -hmm. an armor bearer, transportation, yep. dressing room. You know, and like it just be a whole different experience than versus if I just was like, hey, you know, it's no cost. I'll just come do it. So even when I did it free, it still was like a a, a special kind of dance and cadence I did. Um 
that still benefited me in the long run. And you can make more demands. So if I waive yes. my fee, hey, I want the B-roll footage. I'd like the full exactly. footage of the event. I don't want to give you an exclusive license to it. I'd like to also be able to use that for my community. I'd like, like, there'll be different things I need. And then I want, if you have a great experience, can you refer me to three people? And I have typically would have them sign a contract saying they can't say that I spoke for free. Yes, that's good. So when they refer me, they cannot say it. <laughs> I didn't add that part in, right? Yeah, like, don't, like, oh, yeah, it's free. Oh, yeah, bring her in. No cost. No cost. She's so nice. Yeah, like, how like, much was it to get Ashley the girl? She do it for free. Right, like, she out here just living her give best life. <laughs> but give again, her that grainy video footage and uh, she'll do it. Can you afford free? You know, like, and I'll say, you know, Lamar, you changed my mind about free in general because before this year, yeah, 2022, we didn't do anything free. Like, we didn't do free challenges. We didn't, Like, I was allergic to free altogether. I was just like, <laughs> I just can't. Because my mindset was, if they don't pay anything, they're not going to respect the value of the information. And what I learned is messaging is more powerful than price. So as long as your messaging is aligned, you will you can have a free event like we have free events and we'll still attract the exact person that we are supposed to serve because messaging is more powerful than price. People don't want to be uncomfortable. And so I believe my messaging should do two things, attract and repel. Mm -hmm. And I've been working really hard on the repel piece. Sometimes Chris is like, you're going too far. But I'm like, this is who we do not work with. Don't even walk up in this Zoom room <laughs> if you don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> okay. So I think, you know, free can be really powerful and it can convert at a higher level because right now the marketplace, um, people are very, very savvy and very, very skeptical. Yes. So if you're selling right now, you have to, you do the free so that your skeptics can see that you are real. And it's not even their fault because there are people who do not know what they talk about or they know only what you see on the ad. A lot of people have been burned. There's no depth. A lot, yeah. lot of folks have been burned, yeah. People have been burned. And they're looking for a certain depth to expertise. Not just, do you know how to do this one funnel? Do you know how to do the other stuff? <laughs> like, do you know more? What happens when I get a contract? What should the legal terms be? Like, can you really take me all the way along the journey? And people don't know now. So I think that free can help to ease some of that skepticism. But as long as your messaging is right, I'm no longer anti-free. But it's what but you I said was. also too, right? It's being strategic with it. Because I think a lot of people just do free stuff and they just do free stuff like expecting, okay, I'm putting all this out in the atmosphere and one day money going to come back. But it's, it's being like, hey, um, most of the time I'm not doing stuff free, but if I am doing it free, I have an actual plan where these steps are going to coincide with me getting paid on the back. So one of the reasons why that happens is because people think that money plays fair. Mm -hmm. And we're taught that in church, you know, like be good tithe, God's going to give you a lot of money back. It's all going to work out. And sometimes we think that that applies to our business life. Like, well, if I'm being nice with money, I'm being fair, it'll all work out. I'm doing free stuff for them. They'll just give me their money at the end. And that is not how it not works. And I sometimes tell people, because one of my friends was doing something and she was, she was doing her pitch. And she was like, yeah, but I'm not going to go through all of this stuff. I'm going to just go through two or three because like they should know. And I was like, do your audience the justice of selling to them all out all the time. Yes. Like care enough about them to go through your entire pitch, go slowly, answer questions, connect. Don't phone it in because they should know that's not fair. Like if you believe you have what they need, then be integral with the way that you sell to them. Go all out. Do great. Because mm. money does not play fair. It goes to bad people. It goes to good people. It's not judging who it goes to in that way. And so we need to do what it takes. So you also talked about um, it being different types of talks that people are doing, right? So. So when people are are speaking to sell or speaking to market, are there any differences that you see or anything they should lean into more than other times? Yes, 
I think um, the way that you set up your speech is very different if I'm just being paid to do a training on how to build confidence for leaders versus I'm talking about how speakers can make more money speaking. So the way that you want to set up your talk when you're actually speaking to market or to get clients is first identity shifting. Like in the very beginning of your talk, you want to make sure that you are attracting and repelling. Like this is who you are. This is who you are not. And then tell your story of how you were when you were not the person you are now. And so really letting them know, like, look, I used to be a, like we talked about the three personality types at our, our event, our most recent event. The decided, the person who knows exactly what they want and go toward it with all their might. The dabbler, the person who's like 50% of the time they're in, 50% of the time they're out. And then the doubter, the person who's like skeptical about everything and never takes action. So I told them about times when I was a doubter, when I was a dabbler and when I became decided and how my millions did not come until I was decided. It didn't come when I was like dabbling here, dabbling there, reading half a book, not implementing nothing, having a little mentor here, but then not doing what they say. Like it just didn't happen until I became decided. But me kind of putting myself down in that way was helpful because they were like, oh, okay, she wasn't always like this, which means if they're in the audience and they're a doubter, they aren't making the right decisions. They can choose to become decided because they'll see you as like a queen or a king when you're on that stage, but they need to know no, I used to be on food stamps. It didn't work out yeah. for me. My first job, I wasn't making no money. My first, all, I've had so many other businesses, all of which failed. And like, I can pinpoint why now that I have this business that's doing well, but telling those transparent stories that are real mm -hmm. um, and showing them emotion, I think really helps. Mm, that's so good. You know, as you talk about um, those different stories and jobs and businesses, I'm always a big believer in everything we've done in the past leads us to this moment. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times people are trying to shortcut the process, but literally, like same thing, if I look back to previous businesses we had, it was things I learned. Things I learned about team, things I learned about selling, things I learned about marketing, things I learned about myself and yep. things I like and don't like, right? So literally you have to walk through the process and just get to where you need to get to. Mm, mm, so good. So a <laughs> lot, lot of lot of You nuggets. gotta you gotta go through the process. All right. Um anything else, right? So for the the expert that's watching. And it's really trying to decide, can I really do this, right? I got expertise, but can I speak? Like, will people hire me? What would you say to that person that's watching? I would say yes. There, There's no reason why you can't do it if you know what you're doing. So first off, the very thought of, am I the right person? Am I good enough for this? I think sometimes that tells me that you're just trying to be in integrity. Like you're not mm -hmm. trying to swindle anyone. You're not trying to hurt anyone. You don't want to take money you didn't earn. So that's not- scam scammers don't ask those questions. No, never. No, they never have that feeling. The scammer of, is not this, like, can I provide enough okay? value? <laughs> scammers don't think like that. No, they never, never have that issue. So that may be a sign that you sign. care a lot about your clients. However, one thing I say now is like, I care more about my clients than my insecurities. So I have to get good at sales. I have to get great at marketing. I have to be great and walk in that and then lead from the front. Because one of the things when you're an expert, people are following you. But if you're like, hey, follow me over here, but maybe you need to take a left. Maybe you need to take a right. Maybe you need to, like, you can change course and be transparent about it. But for the most part, you do need to be confident in what you're telling people to do. And if you need to change course, you need to be confident in telling them what they need to do now. But yes, they can absolutely do it. And it's a skill set. Sales is a skill set. It's not something you wake up knowing how to do. Speaking is a skill set. Running a business is a skill set. And what I've learned, even being in the TSP community, is like, once you master or believe you master one skill set, then you run a different business. Now you got to master all these other skill sets. So everyone's learning. 
And I've been in boardrooms with people who are world-renowned experts, and I have heard them sell billion-dollar deals. And at the end of it, I'm, I asked one of the um, partners I was working with, oh, you've done this before? This is amazing. He was like, no, but I'm confident in my ability to figure it out. And that's what an expert is. An expert doesn't know everything, but they're confident in their ability to figure it out. You know how to study. You know how to read. You know how to call someone else who knows more than you. And you know where your knowledge stops. Confidence isn't I know everything. It's I know what I know and I know what I don't. And I'm confident enough to say I don't know that. Oh, this is so good. So good. So um, a, a few things, right, I want to do before we wrap. Number one, we got you coming to the stage at TSP Gameplay yes. in 2023. And I asked you, I tapped you specifically because I said, hey, you know what? I want the people to hear your story of growth over the last year. Because yeah. y'all had an amazing year. And then that same day, you and Chris, your husband Chris, y'all will be getting our um, Circle of Seven Award, right? And yeah. into our, our, you know, our million dollar club for doing, um, having, you know, companies. It's not a lot of black companies. It's not a lot of companies, period, that ever hit over a million dollars a year in revenue. Mm -hmm. So when we take black companies, you know, that number going to get way smaller yeah. on top of that. So congratulations to that. And that was before y'all did this last event. Y'all oh my goodness, just blew it up, right? Y'all was like, we're going to double, triple on up what we're doing, right? Before we get to that stage. Um, what do you want to talk about on that stage? Have you thought about it yet? Like, have. have you, like, 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 will it be exciting for you on that stage, right? Because you guys have grown a lot a over lot. the last year. And you, you uh, together, right? Y'all are a great team together. Y'all probably... The level of action y'all take is at a very high level um, compared to most people. I think most people sit around thinking about what they should do or they sit around looking at people that are doing things and asking them questions about like, how you do that, right? But like yeah. meanwhile, like y'all get a hold of it and y'all do it. What are you gonna talk about on that stage? We are talking about sales momentum. So how to create sales momentum. And it, I was going back and forth about what exactly to speak about, but I was talking to Chris and Chris is my husband, you all. Um, he runs the company with me. We own the company together. And when I thought about what we did this year is we created sales momentum mm -hmm. and every launch just got bigger and bigger or it got bigger, then it got smaller, then it got bigger again, but we didn't stop. And I think that we take a lot, we take for granted the fact that you can create demand for yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think you have to wait until the market creates demand for you, but I'm impatient. So <laughs> I like to create demand for myself and momentum is something that really helps your business, but I wanted to, how could we create that momentum for ourselves? And that was something that we were able to do this year with the guidance of TSP. And it was just, it was wild. We didn't even know how much we've done in sales or revenue. I think Monray called me at like midnight. I was like, I think we hit it already. And she was like, it's not even December. Add it up. And she like <laughs> calls me at like 1 a.m. And even for our event, we didn't know we had a multi-million dollar launch. I was so tired, I couldn't even add up the numbers, but I went to dinner with Monray again. She's always around when money's around. That's a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like, you wanna know how much you made from this launch? And I was like, how do you know how much? <laughs> <All right>. That's <laughs> my next question. <laughs> She's like, got the numbers. I'm like, okay. So literally we added it up and she was like, you've just had over, you know, a multi-million dollar launch. And I was just like, whoa, but it, it didn't, it just was like the work just didn't stop. Um, and we kept going and we implemented as fast as possible. And when it looked like it wasn't going to work out, we just kept going. We were in too deep. You know what I, what I love about what you and Chris did this year, I feel like too many people are sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out the perfect path and the perfect thing to do 
But sometimes, you, I always say all the time, you just gotta take action. And then once you take action, it's a lot easier to then look at it and say, you know what, this didn't work, let me take that out. Yep. You know what, this did work, let's just do just that thing solo. You know what, um, you know, this worked, but it was, it was too much work to do it. So, you know, I wanna create like an easier path. But literally like once you've done something, then you got the data to be able to look at it and figure out a better path. But too many people trying to figure out the better path before they've done anything. Um, so it gets tricky. So I'm, I'm excited. Can't wait to hear um, y'all hit that stage and talk about that and to give you guys the award on the stage. Yeah, it's a big deal for us because I remember sitting in the audience. We joined uh, Mastermind at Game Plan. So I remember sitting in the audience watching people on the stage, watching people get awards. And literally, um, Takora, another one of my friends in the Mastermind, texted me and was like, you're going to be on that stage next year. And I was like, you're right. Like, I didn't, even, I didn't even, I was like, you're right, that makes perfect sense to me. And literally, I think accepting good ideas from people is is cool. Like, I used to be like, oh, I don't know, maybe the Lord say the same, you know, it may happen. <laughs> but I was like, no, you're right, because we just need to keep doing right. We need to keep doing the work that we're doing. I love it. And for the people that are listening that want to find out more, that want to learn more from you, heard you guys got a challenge coming up. Yes, we do. You can join us in the Pitch Your Way to Cash Challenge. Um, this is where we show you how to pitch for large contracts, how to get over any fear you have of rejection, how to use LinkedIn to sell more services, how to use email to sell more services, and close more deals. Awesome. So uh, where can they go to get a hold of that? PitchYourWayToCash.com. All right. And then also make sure you guys scroll down below in the show notes. We'll have the link there for you. Get ready. I'm telling you, this challenge will change your life. Get a hold of it. Um, get into it right. If you say, hey, like, I think this may be for me. If you have that expertise, like Ashley, Ashley already said, you ain't got no expertise, don't come. Uh, <laughs> but, right, Chris, Chris in the back, like, no, like, everybody's, <laughs> the doors are open. Everybody's, <laughs> Ashley, like, meanwhile, you ain't, you don't believe in yourself. Don't show up. But listen, y'all, like, if you got expertise, if you've been doing something for a while, um, if it's like a natural gift, cause like sometimes I tell people yeah. it's things that we're trained in, it's things we're certified yep. in and we've gone to school for, but sometimes it's things we expert in where like, we just got a God given talent where like, we can just do this thing better than anybody else around us. But either way, like you should be on here because there totally could be another six figures of revenue waiting for you, for you just to tap in. And basically when I'm on stage, all I'm doing is sharing my story. Yep. All I'm doing is, is sharing with people things that has worked in my life and I think can work for them. And it's never like work. Yeah. Like I do like a lot of work work. Speaking ain't it. No. Like speaking ain't, it's literally just me just like telling stories. And you're helping people. Yes. And you're helping people. Yeah, if you haven't, you, and if you're worried about it, don't worry. On day two, we go through how to identify your expertise. So don't worry. Okay, so look, if <laughs> if you not, I'm, I'm back over there with Chris. I'm back on the Chris bandwagon. <laughs> Listen, y'all, just show up, get locked in. She gave you the link, the link's down below and make it happen. Um, how else can they get in contact with you? They just want to find more about you, want to follow you online on social? Absolutely. They can join me in the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group and all of our handles and URLs to our website is all under Speak Your Way to Cash. And they can pick up the Speak Your Way to Cash book on Audible or on Amazon. All right, y'all. So you heard it there, right? Ashley and Chris are changing the world. They are giving you an opportunity to do something that you love. Imagine doing something every week, every month that you love doing, right? That didn't even seem like work but gave you the ability to live an entirely different lifestyle of abundance. Like the abundance she saw when she went to that law firm, imagine that level of abundance in your life, right? With your family, with your children, with your home, it's possible. And she's giving you access to it through her challenge. So make sure you get signed up 
today. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. Hey, do me a favor. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe and follow us on this platform right now to make sure you do not miss a beat as we drop new episodes and additional content every single week. Also, if you'd like to get access to a free paperback copy of my book, access to the TSP Traffic Sales and Profit free Facebook group, our challenges, resources, our events, and more, make sure you visit us at www.trafficsalesandprofit.com forward slash podcast.